This podcast is brought to you courtesy of Renault, the world's most exclusive sunglasses. It's now available at renault.co.uk and at select boutiques around the globe. You are listening to the Official Concept Podcast. Enjoy listening to Alan. Today on the show, we are interviewing Luke Swanson. Welcome. How are you? Very well. Thanks, Alan. Thanks for having me on. Hey, no problem. So the first question I'd like to ask you is, with COVID coming to an end in 2022, what has been your greatest struggle with the pandemic? And how did your business change with the times? Great question. So uh, I actually didn't even realize there was a pandemic happening at the time. Um, and I had jumped on a plane to Amsterdam, uh, flew over there, was on the ground for 24 hours and flew back home. And when I got into Abu Dhabi um, the, uh, for my flight transfer, everyone was wearing masks. So my partner, she's a doctor. So I called her and I was like, what the hell is going on? And, um, and she's like, there's a pandemic idiot. And I just hadn't even been watching the news. So on my way back from Amsterdam after my 24 hour stint, I was in Abu Dhabi again and they're wearing full hazmat suits this time. And I was like, holy shit, this is like serious. Um, and then I landed back in the country. Uh, I think it was like the 2nd of March and the next day they shut the country down. Um, so it was uh, pretty full on because all of our wholesale customers were barbershops, et cetera, were forced to close. So um, we had to pivot pretty quickly um, and, and prepare our business like within a week. Um, so that was the, the biggest challenge was where are we going to get our money from um, to support our business if everyone's locked down and we can't, can't move? So uh, I think about four days, because we, we obviously, oh, sorry, we export over overseas um, to a lot of big distributors and um, they were, we had a couple of big orders we just fulfilled. And so we were, we we're all good probably for about a month worth of cash flow. And on about... Four days after that, uh, my partner got home and was like, uh, yeah, we ran out of hand sanitizer in the hospital today. And uh, I was like, really? How the hell can a government organization like Queensland Health and Queensland Pharmacies not have any stock? And found out that all the brands they stocked were imported from China. And um, we... Essentially, within a half an hour period, uh, worked out that we can produce, because we manufacture all of our products in-house at our factory, that we can produce hand sanitizer. So by, that happened on a Friday night, and by Monday, we had a concept product available online and fully pivoted it across to produ- producing hand sanitizer. And um, yeah, within the first day, we were, the business was doing about $5,000 per hour online uh, because hand sanitizer had run out countrywide and we were one of the few people who had a ton of bottles. So we repurposed uh, one of our bottles uh, to do that. Uh, we had worked out the WHO formula for hand sanitizer. And then about a week later, we were contacted by the Queensland government um, who saw one of our ads. Um, they hit us up and said we will take everything you got um, and what support do you need? So they were really good. Uh, we said, well, we've 
pursuing 12,000 customers around Australia before you guys because uh, that's the fact that you guys don't have stocks, not a problem. And then we said, how much do you need? And um, because we were in a very uh, good position when we had, we repurposed some of our existing packaging, which we had a ton of stock of where no one could get stuff out of China. Logistics had shut down all around the world. Um, and so, yeah, essentially uh, we ended up um, being supplied ethanol from Bundaberg Distillery. So shout out to the guys there. And uh, we became one of two people in the world who can buy directly from them for the eth- ethanol um, uh, resources. And then, yeah, literally our team grew from four to 14 in, in a week. Uh, had a lot of old staff coming out of the woodwork uh, who'd been made redundant or laid off for a short period of time. And um, they came back to, to me and yeah, essentially we ended up supplying the Queensland government <clears throat> with all the hand sanitizer uh, for the Queensland hospitals around Australia, uh, around Queensland. And um, yeah, we, we did pretty well out of it. Got to help a lot of people out uh, and it was pretty amazing to support the community at a time of need because of the the harder route we chose or the harder path we chose in regards to keeping our manufacturing in-house and controlling our, our, um, our having a fully vertically integrated business. So yeah, that's how we pivoted during COVID. I think you should really, yeah, I'm clapping for you, man. Honestly, uh, what Thanks, you did bro. there is, is amazing because I know that with so many people that were uh, suffering because of the pandemic and, you know, loads of room was being taken up at the hospitals and, you know, the amount of resources that were lacking and you pushing this forward. Amazing, man. Honestly, yeah. I really do think that you, what you just did um, for all of the people and, and, you know, because people would have had have like operations, like people were still getting in car accidents and getting major injuries and you being able to do this, Fantastic, man. Thanks, bro. And and ours was very unique as well. We were one of the only ones to supply because obviously there were some distilleries that uh, jumped on board as well. I was a, a previous owner of a distillery and, and from the pandemic, we used a lot of the, the profits to relaunch a new distillery, which is still on the, in the process of opening up. Um, oh, but what is it called? Our, our bitter chap, Gin. And um, oh, yeah. yeah, we're going to be the largest producer of gin in, in Brisbane. So um, right opposite Will and Gabba. But we, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> our, our product was like the only one that was both clinical and non-clinical approved. Um, so it was used for surgeries as well as like your everyday people. Um, it smelled like Bundy rum, which was some people didn't like. But uh, yeah, no, it was, it was a very cool, <laughs> very really? cool thing to do. Um, and like we, uh, um, the Queensland museum and archives reached out to us. So we actually, uh, they, they cataloged that part of the Queensland history and we're a part of that now. So we got a photo of us and all the team and who took part in that to help the business pivot and, and succeed. And, um, also all like the products we made, that's going to be, yeah, that's a, uh, you can apparently visit that in, in the Queensland Museum, which I've yet to go and see, which is a really cool, we're part of history now. So, yeah. yeah. No, that's, that's awesome. I, I had no idea. And uh, when, when do you think the distillery is going to launch? Uh, I was meant to launch about a year ago, <laughs> but oh. we, uh, we're going for our highest alcohol license, which is a hotel license, and also um, we're having to change the DA of the premise. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be really cool. Um, distillery and and just a good experience people where 
six gins made from six botanicals. So it's nothing, uh, so all these gins that have got 46 botanicals in them, you can't fucking taste them. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're keeping it simple and, and, uh, really trying to push that, uh, export as well. So we're putting Australia on the map and, and Queensland as well. So I've been growing some facial hair for the past uh, month and a half now. And I've, and I've never done this before. This is kind of like a new thing because I've always had patches. You know, now that I'm like getting a bit older, I can finally grow like an all right amount. I was over at this, um, this uh, you know, shaving shop and I found uh, your um, beard oil that has uh, the, pineapple, the pineapple express. Yeah. And uh, man, lim- limited edition runs. Yeah, yeah. And um and the funny thing, so I I bought it and and honestly I think that it's awesome. Thanks, like I love smell and you know, I love um, you know, using you know, hemp and everything. But the funny thing yep. is that because like I was looking at the bottle and I no joke have the first one. <laughs> you got number one? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that's so cool. So fun <laughs> yeah. fact, every first bottle of the line is number six, and that's my bottle. And oh, so number oh. one always goes out. I can't believe you got number one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I, oh, dude, yeah, well it, it was crazy. I just looked at it and I, I love like the smell of pineapples and also the movie. Like I, I love the, yeah, the movie yeah, yeah. as well. Because, you know, that's, that's one great. of my favorites. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no way. So I, um, so I, just, I bought it mainly because of that. And Keep then that, I, bro. I, huh? yeah, then I started to um, look up like the information on the website. And like reviews and everything, and then I saw that that it's like a limited edition out of um, you know, uh, one thousand nine hundred eighty-six. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so I was like, oh, I, um. And then I saw, you know, there's like in the the marking red uh, on the side of the bottle. So I was like, oh, I'll check out what number I have. <laughs> like, no joke, I had the first one. And I'm like, you serious? That's so cool. People, a lot of our customers just collect them. So we've got people who buy six at a time, hoping to get the their their favorite number. And because oh. uh, they, they look really cool, and we've had people use like clean the bottles out and then reuse them as like uh, to put their like prescriptions in, like pill containers, or whatever. And uh, yeah, that that's so cool. We got number one. Oh my god, what are the chances? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I was like, no way. And then I was looking at um like a bunch of different um uh, you know uh, articles about your company and everything, and I was like, oh. These guys here, um, so you guys do everything uh, organic and, you know, it's like women have so much and men don't really have anything up to like a good quality standard. I think that what you're doing is awesome because I think that men should really be able to treat themselves too. Absolutely. And like uh, the whole purpose of our, uh, like the whole reason I came up with the idea was I was in the alcohol industry as a sales executive and I was playing around with psychology and how to like influence people more. And in sales, you, facial hair was always a no, no, like, which was hilarious because back in the day, all the wealthiest and uh, most influential people had beards all throughout history. And until the mid uh, 19th century, when mass marketing and the uh, disposable razor came out, that was when it was all encouraged to shave because you look clean, blah, blah, blah. And you're more trustworthy. But I was going to and fro meetings with, Real, like $100,000 deals and um, I would go in clean shaven and all these old boys were like, listen here, boy, and talking over the top of me and I'd come back like four months later with a full beard and they'd listen to every word I'd, I'd say. So I closed a couple of big deals and I said to my boss, I'm never shaving again. And, um, but there's a very fine line when you have facial hair 
you either look homeless or, or yeah. really do, like scruffy and unkempt and to keep or maintain your facial hair, it actually takes a lot of work and a lot of grooming, but it looks absolutely schmick. So I had this uh, problem where I had heaps of what we called beardruff, um, like dead skin falling all over your, your lapel of your jacket, um, of your business jacket. And yeah, I was like, it's got to be like, I was using moisturizer, like your standard everyday moisturizer. And one day I, I went to a meeting, I was in a rush and I put it on my face and I didn't look in the mirror on the way out the door and rocked up the meeting and I finished the meeting. I had this big chunk of white goop on my beard. So it looked oh. like some, it was a something about Mary moment. And I went, what the actual fuck? There's got to be a better way. And so I reached out to a few companies in the US who um, had beard oil and there was nothing in Australia at the time in 2013 when we launched the company. And so I quit my job because uh, it was a pretty intoxic environment there. And I was just really stressed and, and wasn't, wasn't loving it. And um, yeah, then did nine months of the research, uh, worked with formulation chemists and, and learnt my own uh, or just did my own research and due diligence, primary tested in market. And then we launched, so launched the business, the concept, the idea came up in 19th of February, 2013. And then we will, our first retailer had us on the shelf and we had a massive launch party where we had over like 200 people there, which was insane. And, um, and that was the very first beard product in Australia. So it, it solved a problem for me. Uh, and then from there we've evolved, from beard grooming to a full luxury men's grooming collection, uh, which does, uh, we make products for your beard, body and hair um, to keep you groomed. And so with a focus on natural ingredients backed by science. So, uh, and then made in Australia at our 900 square meter factory in um, Brisbane and Morningside. So that's how that evolved. And I, I never thought I'd be making uh, or would have a company that I'd be in the cosmetics industry. Um, but yeah, we applied pretty much all of the knowledge I use from the alcohol, alcohol industry into the cosmetics and, and, um, hair care industry. And uh, we've, we've made some big changes to the industry from that. Like we were one of the first to sell direct consumer as well as wholesale, which I had to fight tooth and nail to pissed off wholesales. He thought we were under undercutting them, but for us, it was setting the standard of the price. So it wasn't a race to the bottom. And, um, yeah, that's, that was pretty much what we do at the Beard of Chap. Men, if they have, like, a really nice full beard and, you know, when they take care of it and, you know, trim it and style it and, you know, comb it, it can look really good. It's like makeup for men. Yeah, 100%. But, but, yeah, again, but, if but if there's, like, stray hairs everywhere and if you look like that you just woke up, then you just look horrific. <laughs> hundred percent. Yeah. Majority of my life, I've always loved being very clean shaven. Like I have a, uh, a safety razor, you know, it's like waking up, have a shower, you know, shave. And, and then there you go. You put like moisturizer on and all that stuff. You feel like good. You feel yeah. slick. The way to start your day. What I told myself is that for all of winter, I'm going to be, uh, cause I'm doing this diet as well. And it's it's pretty um restrictful. Uh, like it's it's pretty much just vegetables blended up, and then you know every Ugh. couple of days just have a steak. So <laughs> trying to like lose all this fat on my stomach, and so I just said to myself, I'm going to be growing uh, facial hair, 
And then, so I'm going to be growing outwards and then I'm going to be able to see the progression of my facial hair, but then also see the changes in my body. And, and then everything that I'm going to eat is be, you know, going to be reasonably healthy and all that stuff, like all organic meat and, um, and, and everything like that. So I, you know, I shave on my neck line and I, Mm -hmm. and I kind of shave. So there's nothing really on the upper part of my cheek. Um, mm-hmm. But that, that's pretty much it of what I'm shaving and kind of styling right now. But I also have um, uh, the, the beard oil, uh, the Pineapple Express, and then I have this other uh, beard balm and mm-hmm. I think something else. And then I just have like a comb. So I just, you know, if there's any stragglers, I just comb them down. And uh, that, that seems to help out a lot. And I've gotten some compliments so far. How's yours going? Yeah, good. I've, I've trimmed my beard off. Recently, uh, I'm going at a muster beard, which is like a more pronounced moustache and a short cropped beard. Um, it's a little bit easier, ma- a, a little bit easier maintenance, but I, I like a full moustache. Um, yeah, it's just style I'm rolling. So, yeah, give yourself three months, and after three months, you should be fully grown in. And and uh, yeah, again, a part of that grooming routine, like you were talking about before, the shaving. Like I, I um, when I used to shave, I taught myself how to use a proper um, cutthroat razor, uh, like ambidextrous. And like, it's, it's a very steep learning curve. And, um, but as a part of that routine, and uh, I was having a discussion with one of my uh, team got, uh, teammates last night, and we're talking about what we do as a company and what, the, uh, what we provide with our products makes men look and feel good. And that, that's looking good for yourself and giving yourself self-confidence so you can go out and crush the day. Cause when you walk out the door and you're feeling confident and you're feeling good, you, you put off that positive energy and, and in return you get it back. You know, when any interactions, if you've ever had a, a conversation with a person who's a Debbie Downer, you're like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, bye. But if someone's having an engaging conversation with you and, and is loving life and, and, it's infectious and you want to be around that person more. So that's, that's the whole aim with our products is to make our customers look good to themselves so they can go out and feel good and, and put some good, uh, good vibes into the world. Out of all of the products that you have, what's your favorite? Ooh, it changes with our new hairstyling range, uh, our natural matte cream and our sea salt spray. are my favorite at the moment. Cause I've got curly hair um, with like old school people, like, sharp bait on the side so i love my disconnected my my um brand educator fraser uh absolutely hates it he thinks it's the worst ha- haircut in the world but uh it's pretty distinctive and um i'm rolling the curls like an afford crop and uh the sea salt spray sea salt texture spray is just like phenomenal it it actually works so it leaves your hair feeling like you're being the surf um with that salt build up that salt grit build up and um the natural matte cream is just a all-rounder so uh, they're, they're my two favorite at the moment. Do you have anything that can um, help uh, like uh, growth of like hair? We controversial topic. So we're with our cosmetic chemist, Rob, um, we've been working on some things, anything that's like into that realm, you're playing with TGA in Australia. So the therapeutic goods uh, making claims, you've got to be substantiated. You've got to have like scientific back evidence. So there's ingredients that have that evidence, but then, like for me, uh, it's all bullshit until I've actually seen it happen in real life. So all those companies claiming that 
yeah, it makes your beard grow better or blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I think it's bullshit because uh, if that was really the case, there would not be a bald man in the world. Yeah, because uh, the reason why I ask this is I definitely need it. Like, I'm rocking, you know, um, you know, Dragon Ball? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely rocking the Vegeta hairline, if you know what I mean. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, but it's just it's about embracing what you got. It all comes down to genetics. Yeah. So, like, if you're a seating hardcore, shave your fucking head. Like, uh, people, like, if you've got a good looking head, shave it, embrace what you've got. If you've got patchy beard, choose a, a style that suits um, your facial hair growth. So, whether it be a goatee or a mustache and a, um, a soul patch, like, like Johnny Depp or whatever. That you just got to really embrace it, and again, you being the fitness industry, working out all the time, doing those big compound movements um, that generate testosterone, which helps hair production. Uh, eating healthy, drinking lots of water, getting good sleep—all those things help to make your skin and hair uh, the healthiest it can be. So, whatever you got, you're going to embrace it the most. With COVID-19 um, and, and people being able to work abroad or go in, into state and, you know, work from their, you know, home, has that impacted your business? Um, yeah, in a positive way. Obviously, online uh, increased dramatically during that period of time. I think it, Australia was a market where we always did our research, like as an Australian, uh, Australian men in particular, we spent a lot of time researching what we want online we might spend uh, i think it's like an average of a week in total uh well two hours a night so for a week find out exactly what we want and then we go into the shop and we just go straight to it and buy exactly what we want and we leave where COVID, i think changed a lot of businesses to customers were ordering online um they were if you're in a service they were doing zoom calls etc um, so I think it fast-tracked the e-commerce um, industry a lot. But like right now, you're seeing it bomb um, because it was a bubble, I think. Um, but not for us. We're, we're still growing because at the end of the day, we're building a brand uh, and not just doing a, a transactional um, a business. So we're, we're trying to build a community of awesome people who like looking and feeling good and like executing and being productive in society. So yeah, the, the e-commerce, again, we grew throughout the whole time, which we're pretty lucky and luck plus hard work. We did more work than a lot of people. We worked our asses off when a lot of people took their time off to rest, um, which I would have loved to have done, but we wouldn't be in the position we are now. Mm. Apart from Australia, what's your biggest country that you import to? Uh, we export to uh, New Zealand, um, over to all across Europe. So um, distribution across France and pretty much the whole of the EU. Uh, we're in the process of setting up our new HQ in the EU as well to really leverage that because Australia is such a small market and it's one of the hardest. But we're, we're almost, we turn 10 in February next year. Um, and yeah, like beat the 98% of businesses that fail in that time. And uh, then the other one is we're just about to see a massive deal in Canada um, and move into the North American market, which are all game changers for us. So, yeah, the, Europe is our biggest export at the moment, um, but Canada will surpass that when we go live with them and start next year. 
Yeah, that's awesome, man. My magazine mainly goes out to Europe and America. And the majority of the people that I get on my show are from those countries as well. And I, I think that Australia is one of the hardest places to grow a brand or to really become moderately famous or anything. Hundred percent, because we got tall poppy syndrome, man. Someone's doing well, we tear them down, uh, and we're very picky. We've got high standards in Australia, so if you're not doing a good job, you get culled. Uh, and I think there's some ridiculous stat: if a company makes over uh, makes it ten years in Australia, and then X starts exporting and, and pushing to other countries, they just clean up. So, fingers crossed, uh, we stay true to that trend. Yeah, I'm sure that you guys would do very well in the future on top of this because, you know, what I kind of what I gather from just talking to you right now is that you're genuine and, uh, you know, there's no bullshit underlying the whole thing. It's like if you were to be using uh, toxins and and just putting on a, you know, a happy face and saying, hey, look, this is the, the Australian beach vibe of mm. beard oils. Uh, and try to promote it to Europe and, you know, the UK and America and all that stuff. It, it's not true to your word, but it's like, you're no. not doing that. You're doing something very uh, genuine and, and you're wanting to help out men, like looking good and feeling good with something that's all natural as well. Exactly. Like, even our deodorants, like we never thought we'd make deodorants, but we, we, we always listen to our customers and we did a, a, a survey and we're like, what do you want from us next? And the highest one was, uh, highest vote was, aluminium free deodorants so we launched that um and they didn't work uh i was using them i was off at the end of the day and i was like i stopped using my own product and i'm like i can't fucking sell something to someone that i don't truly believe in like ethically it doesn't align with my values so we reformulated it and that's one of the biggest things in the natural deodorant they don't fucking work um, so we managed to come up with a solution for that. And, and um, now it's, it literally is our number one selling product at the moment, which is hilarious because um, yeah, it's just getting a cult following and um, your skin is your biggest organ and aluminium is a, a pore blocker and it's linked to a whole lot of serious diseases. Um, so we're always conscious about what you're putting on your skin and because it works, the proof's in the pudding and we just get, more and more people jumping on board every day. Um, yeah. And one of the biggest things with aluminium free as well is that you don't get the big pit stains in your shirt that you wash your shirt and then all of a sudden you get this big white hard stain under your armpit. And then as soon as you start sweating, it almost like activates every single day of BO you've ever had in your shirt. Yeah. So <laughs> that's one of the other benefits of uh, the aluminium free as well. Your whole branding thing was for barbers, all in-person transactions. Well, they, they were one of our customers. So we've got two customers. We've got our B2B, uh, which is either a distributor or a country, or the barbershops themselves. So we're adding value in everything we do. So if they range our products, we're adding value to their business by providing a product that benefits the end user, which is the ultimate customer. So the end user is the most important because at the end of the day, I can sell all the products we want into any barbershop and any distributor in the world. And if no one uses it, then your business is cooked and you piss off your distributors because there's no demand. You're not adding any value where the number one person or 
the customer that we always keep in mind when we're creating any product is the end user. If it doesn't make or work for them, doesn't solve a problem and doesn't add value to their life, then we don't make it. Um, and then the value proposition for that barber or the middleman is you're going to be bringing your product that people use already. So it's going to drive new people into your store that might not already be getting a service from you. And two, it's generating extra cash flow and profits for your business, um, which a haircut might cost 35 to $40. Then they can do a whole nother haircut in 10 seconds if someone buys a product, you know? So um, that's where our value lies. And again, it's all about adding value. If you, uh, and people who chase the money, every time I've done that in my life, you can never find it. As soon as you start servicing people, and taking care of it and adding value for genuine reason, the love comes back tenfold. Exactly. I 100% agree. I think that if everyone, if everyone stays true to who they are and focuses on their mind and, and body and wants to become a better self, then they'll be able to shine a light on other people's negativity. Correct. So- well, not even shine a light on negativity, just like Focus on positivity and, and adding value. Mind your own fucking business and get yourself right before you start dragging other people down, number one. And yeah. number two, if once you've got yourself right, you can start helping other people because if you're useless, if you're negative, if you can't contribute anything to moving forward as a, a society, because we are, and I think during COVID, it, it was that realization that we lost our community. We couldn't, we were forced to stay in our houses. We couldn't connect with people. And, um, now we're back in, in the open, like that's why we do all face to face podcasts because you, there's something, um, that you miss just energy wise, not being in the same room and connecting with people. And I think people have a greater appreciation for that where in the past they took friendships, relationships, whether it be personal or business for granted. And, um, yeah, if, if you get yourself right and you can contribute and put good stuff out into the world then as a civilization and as, as, a, as your community uh, or if you're a leader in the community, you're going to be like moving people forward to be a better place, you know, because it's, it's contagious. I made this point before in one of the previous podcasts, but I think that people are like batteries and the energy that we give out is the energy that other people obtain. 100%. Well, I like to think of relationships. Most people think of relationships, it's 50-50 as in contribution to the relationship again, whether it be business or, or, um, personal friendships. So mm. I changed my mentality where I want to put, I want to be the one who puts in 51%, but with no expectation that that person's going to give me that 51% back. And I remember there was a period where like with my close friends, I've known since like primary school, but a real awesome group of guys, uh, who's still in contact regularly. And I was pissed off. I was like, oh, why aren't they like talking to me? Like, why aren't they inviting me to stuff? And I had not reached out at all to them. And so I made a conscious effort to call them up regularly to like, like motivate them, like keep crushing it. Like so good, be engaged with their lives, go visit their kids and really put myself out there and dedicate some time. And the difference was amazing. Like all of a sudden they're calling me back. They're wanting me to um, do stuff. They're wanting to spend time with me. 
but I had to make that change. And that was a really big revelation that I, I have learned over the years uh, that yeah, you should be putting in 51%, but the key is not expecting anything in return. That's on you. Mm. Yeah, I, I definitely think that ego plays a really big part with this type of stuff because it's just it's like my time, my time is very valuable. And if they're not talking to me, then I'm not talking to them and I have other things that I could just do. And it's like, and they just think about all this stuff and get too negative and then nothing happens and they just stew about it. But instead it's exactly. like, you know what? I, w- I really want to keep on having this person as a friend. And uh, you know, they're probably working very hard on, on their business opportunities and to look after their family. And I get that, you know, it's like from coming from, instead of like looking at things as everything's out to get me and uh, this person isn't doing that. So I'm offended by this. Instead of looking at like that and coming back to a place of trying to understand their perspective. And if they literally say to you, sorry, man, I don't want to talk to you. I'm moving on. Then okay, then that that's the end of that chapter. That's great. You're freeing up time and yeah. energy, you know, yeah. and and it all comes down to your values. Like hmm. you will find as if you're growing as a human, and your values evolve to a higher standard, you have to be prepared to let some of your friendships go, and that doesn't mean like cut them off completely, but it means that you need to limit your time and the amount of time you spend with that person, especially if yeah. they're dragging you down. And, yeah. and you, you should be trying to encourage them to come up with you. And the people who want to will, and the people who don't, see you later. And it sounds pretty harsh, but uh, yeah, like I've just been lucky with my group of friends. We're just all solid lads who want, to, want the best in life for our, our friends and family. And so we just get after it every day and we motivate each other. And, and then out of that as well, I've, uh, and through business, I've met some of the most incredible people ever. Um, and they're now close friends and they, they hold me to account. Like they literally hold me to account. If I'm shit, whether it be personal or business, they'll call me out on my bullshit and I have to be better because if I'm not, they'll drop me because I'm yeah. not in, up with their standards. So it, it's this really cool cycle. Yeah. That, that's what, that's what I believe in too. Like I, th- I think that like with, with me personally, I 100% need trust. And if I don't feel that anything is like, if I feel that there's something else going on, I just, I talk to him about it. But if there's any guards up and then, you know, I try to figure out a solution. Uh, and, and if it's just not really going too well, then, then that's that chapter finished. But if they're in my inner circle and if I trust them completely, I would do anything for them. If they need any help, I would help them. I'd always be there, but they have to get that level of trust. And then with, yeah, with accountability. So I, uh, so me and my brother, we live with, uh, with each other over in this resort in Surface Paradise. And uh, I told him when we first moved in with each other that we need to become our best selves and you need to, because I was doing bodybuilding and fitness. Um, I said, if you want to join the gym with me and uh, be on the same path as me and, and, you know, it's like feel good. And, and, you know, it's like, you know, feel confident and propel yourself forward, you know, start buying some nicer clothes, uh, you know, just to like look the part as well and, and treat yourself res- with respect. It's like, I will be willing to do with, do this every single day uh, with you. Um, but if you were to not be a part of it and just start slacking off, 
then I'll just leave you to whatever you want to do. But mm. but they wouldn't be able to connect. You know, it's just like I would never offer you to go to the gym with you ever again. And I'll yeah. never. Well, your values change. Your values yeah. change. And you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So let's say if you're creating a new limited edition, uh, what is the process from beginning to end? We're going through that right now. So we, our limited editions, we only release 1,986 bottles. Uh, that aligns with our... Uh, loophole date that we have on our on our logo and um because the the bearded chap is a character loosely based around me and i was born in 1986 and so uh first of all we look at what we've done in the past um as a concept we we use our proprietary base formula so that's all the hard work's done there and we really i usually work with my cosmetic chemist rob and we look at different scents that either are trending or are really unique. So for example, that Pineapple Express, um, real subtle scent that will the very first people in the world to utilize real cannabis terpine or terpenes um, that are recreated to the Pineapple Express bud. So in its pure form, it smells like you're squeezing a fresh bud in Cali or Pineapple Express. It's, it's wild. So the stuff that you got in there, it's really low because um, it's a, it can be a massive irritant um, if it was dosed too highly. Um, but we like working on like really crazy stuff like that. So we would go into like the psychology. So um, like cinnamon vanilla or, or those types of scents, they're one of the few scents that subconsciously arouse men and women. Um, and we look at all those different things. So once we decide on a, on a, a couple of products, limited edition we'll send those samples out to some of our vip customers for their feedback just blind testing no label no description it's like which one do you like the best and then we get real market research and primary data of which one is is the the hot one and then from there we go on and create the label so making sure the limited editions obviously got to be special labels so um the color scheme high gloss, um, the, the matte finishes and any like foil printing on there and get that design right. Um, and from there we choose a production date, get all the ingredients in and then start producing. And then we, uh, go to market. We usually offer our wholesalers, um, the opportunity to buy in a certain amount of stock allocation out of that 1,986. And then once that's gone, they can't buy any more. So there's a big rush on them because we like supporting our, our retailers who support us. And then the rest go through our online website and uh, we do a big launch day and, and go out through uh, email marketing, through social media, um, send out some samples to or some uh, gifts to influencers as well just to um, promote the new product and away she goes. And when they're sold out, there's no more ever. Um, and a lot of, a lot of people do limited editions and, um, they, then, then it's like, Oh, it was so popular. We're, we're continued it. And we haven't done that yet. Um, we were thinking about one of the, one of the limited editions because we keep getting asked for it every week. Uh, but who knows? We, we may or may not. Um, yeah. And it creates that scarcity. It creates that special, like you felt special when you got that number one bottle, 
you're like you were fucking stoked, you know. So when we yeah, won that, <laughs> yeah, like, we won our customers to feel that. Like I got goosebumps when you told me that was amazing. So <laughs> yeah, I was like, you serious? No. Um, can you say anything uh, about the new one that you're working on, or is it secret? Uh, it'll be released in November. That's all I can tell you. And there'll be <laughs> 1,986 bottles. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, that's um. So, what's been your uh, favorite limited edition one so far? Because I I only know of uh, the Pineapple Express. What's been the other ones? Yeah, so uh, we did a, a special collaboration with uh, Australian Red Cross, and we made a smoky bushfire um, limited edition bottle where we worked with our label supplier to um, they donated the labels, and we donated the entire. So it was a hundred dollars a bottle the entire $100 went to um, Australian Red Cross for each bottle sold and it smelt like a campfire. So it was more, a, some people loved it. Other people were like, that's disgusting, but it's just like, it was a gimmick to raise money. Um, and then the very first one we did was our vanilla tobacco, uh, which went off. It is just like the most delicious smell ever. Um, so like sweetness of the vanilla with oat wood and dark vanilla and, and tobacco spiciness to it. So yeah, um, that's probably been the most popular. And, and is that the one that's asking to be um, redone? Yep. Oh, oh, oh man, I've been missing out. <laughs> yeah. And we and also like we, we to coincide because the distillery was meant to be launched about a year ago, we launched our gin and tonic beard oil. Um, so that's a limited release, but it's part of our core skew now. It's just so popular. It's like real fresh summertime beard oil. So it's like beautiful undertones of juniper, lime, rosemary, cucumber. It's delicious. Mm. So uh, what's in the future for you? Um, we are closing these really big deals, which are game changers for our company. So we've already experienced massive growth over the last year. Um, and going through all the big growing pains that our business usually does. Um, but yeah, so launching our head office in Europe and really doubling down over there, expanding into the Canadian market. Um, and then for me personally, it's um, becoming better as a leader in, internally in the organization um, and helping my team achieve their goals. Because if they're achieving their goals, I'm getting my goals achieved. Um, and yeah, just growing the product collection out as well. So we've got like shampoo and conditioner coming out. We've got um, skincare next year we're launching as well. Um, and yeah, just making sure that the products we're putting out to market are the best they can be and just growing a, a sustainable business that's going to be around in a hundred years. That's my goals. Hey, Honestly, man, I can't wait to see how everything uh, goes for you guys. Thanks, bro.